Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Welcome to today's podcast. It is Thursday, March the 23rd, 2023. So glad that you have joined us today uh, for this uh, end of the week, final uh, podcast of the week. Um, So yeah, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 18 today. Um, and so this week we've covered, uh, Matthew 19 and 20, Mark 10 today, we're going to do Luke 18. And so over the weekend, sometime between now and Monday, um, read Luke 19 on your own. So you'll stay on, on, um, on the plan and then, um, we'll still be, we'll be together. So Luke 18 today, let's do it. So glad that, uh, we can have this time together today. I'm so glad we had this time together. Wasn't that from the loose? What was that from? Um, what show was that from? Uh, Carol Burnett, right? Wasn't that the Carol Burnett show? It said, I'm so glad we had this time together. But it was at the end of the end of the program. Yeah. Anyway, Luke chapter 18. Let's do it. You know what we do? We read, we pray. We change the world. Let's see what God is going to say to our hearts today. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Hmm. Well, that kind of gives, that's kind of, that kind of um, tells us what the parable is going to be about before we even read it, right? He's going to tell it in the form of a story, but we already know the point. The point is, uh, whatever he's about to say, the point is to always pray and never give up. <laughs> um, And so, um, so he's going to show us what that looks like. Maybe that's, maybe that alone is a great reminder for you today. Maybe there's something you've been praying about. You've been tempted to give up, um, tempted to just, you know, like, what's the use? Um, good reminder. First thing to always pray and never give up. Verse two, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town that kept coming to him with a, with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. Okay. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. Hmm. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will He will see that they get justice, and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? 
So this parable reminding of the uh, the unjust judge who still who who even though he was wicked granted uh, this widow's request. By contrast, God who is infinitely just, um, how how much more so will He respond to the persistent and um, and uh, faithful prayers and requests of His uh, of His chosen ones when they cry out? Yeah, of course He will. And he will uh, he will respond. And then the question that hovers at the end is, will the Son of Man, when he comes, will he find faith on the earth? What's, what kind of faith is he going to find? And really, it's a, it's, a, it's a statement, too, of when Jesus came as he was there in the first century. What kind of response? What, what kind of faith will the Son of Man find? Because Jesus was faith, love, and grace, and the kingdom of God breaking in, but Jesus was also judgment, right? Because people's eternal destinies uh, really did, were determined by what, and still do, with what they do with Jesus, the Son of God, the Son of Man. And so Jesus is saying, what kind of faith will the Son of Man find when he comes to, will he find, what kind of faith will he find on earth when he comes? And it was kind of a mixed bag, right? And I assume that his second coming will be similar. There'll be people who are eager and uh excited for his arrival, and there will be some who will be shocked and some who will be uh, disappointed by his return. To some who were confident of their own righteousness, ooh, you know that's going to be some trouble right there. Anybody who's confident in their own righteousness, they're going to get it. <laughs> they're going to It's coming for them. <laughs> Just that right. To, to, the, to some who were confident in their own righteousness, and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told them this parable. So who's the audience? He's directing it to people who are arrogant and who are looking down on other people who are so confident in their own righteousness. So Jesus, that's the target audience. He says, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The, Pharisees, the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. Hmm. So he's proud of himself. He's not like those, you know, dirty, unclean robbers, evildoers, and adulterers, or tax collectors, and he gives so much to the kingdom. But the tax collector stood at a dense distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his own breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Hmm. So one is confident in their own self-righteousness. The other is, is pleading to God for mercy and confessing openly and honestly that he's a sinner. Verse 14, I tell you that this man, that is the sinner, rather than the other, that is the Pharisee, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Wow. Wow. You know, I think that's why, um, you know, it's, it's always, uh, Jesus teaches over and over to take the lowest place, to be humble. You know, if you take the lowest place, you're never going to get humiliated. <laughs> if you take a posture of humility, you take a posture of um, of uh, putting others first. You're never going to be embarrassed. You're never going to be humiliated. Well, you might be embarrassed, but you're not going to be humiliated. 
because you're not thinking too highly of yourself than you ought to. And it's a discipline for all of us, right? Hmm. We see that play out, the Pharisee and the tax collector, this, this, you know, this all the time, right? People who think they, you know, they're better than other people. And by the way, the only people that win at religion, you know, the, the religion doing, you know, trying to win God's approval by doing all these right things, the only people who win at religion are Pharisees. Pharisees are the only ones that win at, win at religion. Even if they have to cheat, they're going to win. But God, Jesus didn't come to establish a religion. He, come to re, he came to repair a relationship. Ooh, 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 that was tweetable right there. I just, that was like a Deion Sanders moment right there. Yeah, um, Jesus didn't come to create a religion. He came to repair a relationship. And so... Pharisees went at religion. The only problem is Jesus said, "I didn't come to. I didn't come to build a relate or a religion." I mean, Pharisees tried to. Pharisees went at religion, but Jesus didn't come to build a religion. He came to uh, restore a relationship. Verse fifteen. People were also bringing ba uh, babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. Man, let the babies come to Jesus. Why are you stopping the babies from coming to Jesus? Let the baby come to Jesus. Not baby Jesus, but let the babies come to Jesus. And when the disciples saw this, they rebuked him. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. How do children, you know, we talked about this yesterday, how do children interact around Jesus? They, they're trusting they're just themselves. They're not putting on airs. They're not pretending to be anyone else. It's such a great contrast. How do the children are such a contrast to the way the Pharisee was acting? The Pharisee is trying to impress. He's trying to, you know, posture. Children don't do that. They just come as they are. They trust. They love. They accept. Um, and that's the way we should enter the kingdom of heaven. A certain ruler asked him, "Good teacher." What must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? This is the third time this week we read this, this story from each of the Gospels, from each of the Synoptic Gospels, the rich, rich, rich ruler. Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. So Jesus is pointing, the, the, the ruler comes to him and calls him good, and so Jesus is saying, wait, who are you, are you really calling me God? Are you really calling me good? Because the only one that's good is God. So do you, do you really believe that I'm God? Because if you do, what I'm about to tell you, you're going to take seriously, right? If you if we call Jesus Lord, the answer is always yes, <laughs> right? We can't say, oh, yes, Lord, I know what you're saying, but I'm not going to do... Well, no, he, if you're not going to do what he says, then he's not Lord. <laughs> so if, if Jesus is Lord, the answer is always yes. And so here he is, he comes to the Jesus, and he's like, uh, you know, calls him good. And so Jesus says, Are you, do you really mean that? No one is good except God alone. Verse 20, you know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy. So you get this. So he's just said in verse 21, he claimed that he's always kept them, always, since he was a baby. So he's, and he's never broken any of them. All of them I kept. How many of them did he keep? All of them. Since when? Since I was born. So he's, what is he saying? He's saying, essentially, I've been perfect. 
Uh, you know he lying. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. Verse 22. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Hmm. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Hmm. So Jesus puts his finger on the one thing that is uh, lacking. Um, and, um, yeah. Verse 23, when he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Those two go together. He was very sad because he was very wealthy. And Jesus looked at him and said, how hard is it? for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Instead, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. It's hard, man, to let go of the deceitfulness of riches, you know. And, you know, the, the point of the you know, the point of the this story is not that everyone has a problem with money and that everyone should sell everything they have and give to the poor. Um they're obviously they're Jesus saved a lot of people, and he didn't tell he didn't tell everyone to sell everything they had and give it to the poor. <laughs> Clearly, Jesus had a house. He lived somewhere. He, had, he lived in a house. Uh, we know he was at. He told, we know he went to Mary and Martha's house. He never told Mary and Martha, "Hey, sell your house, sell everything, and give it to the poor." Um, this is an occasion where he tells us to the rich ruler, the rich young man, because that was his issue. That was his hangup. That was what was keeping him from the kingdom. That was what his arrogance and his pride and his his trust in riches um, was keeping him from the kingdom. And the, so those who heard this asked, that who then can be saved? Because again, in their mind, uh, the way they had been taught, the richer you are, the more blessed you are. And so if a rich man can't even get into the uh, kingdom of heaven, how, how does anyone else have a chance? Because they've been taught that the favor of God equates to the material blessing of God. And Jesus, you know, works to un, un, untangle that. That no, the favor of God is not material. The favor of God is his is his is our spiritual blessings and benefits, um, primarily. And there are righteous rich people and there are unrighteous rich people. And there are righteous poor people and there are unrighteous poor people. And there are Righteous middle class and unrighteous middle class. For this situation, the, we have a rich man here who um, he's missing the kingdom because of his wealth. And so they said, who can be saved? And Jesus replied, what, what is impossible with man is possible with God, which is good news for us because, as we've said before, you know, living in North America, we are in the top 1% of the world's richest people. You, uh, if you ever wonder, when Jesus is talking about rich people, he's talking about us, guys. <laughs> if you if you're on this podcast this morning, you want you one of the rich people. Comparatively to the rest of the world, you are rich. And so when Jesus has instructions and cautions and warnings for rich people, listen up. Because that's us. You say, Well, I'm not as rich as yeah, I know, but you're still in the top one percent. <laughs> and so am I. Peter said to him, well, we've left everything we have to follow you. Verse 29, truly I tell you, Jesus said to them, no one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children 
for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come. Hmm. God's going to more, Jesus is going to more than repay you back. Uh, that's redundant, isn't it? <laughs> Man, you need to repay me back. <laughs> that's redundant. Uh, I'm not good with English sometimes, y'all. Um, hey, did you repay me back yet? <laughs> Yeah, that's redundant. That's the same thing. So if you repay someone back, does that mean you gave them the money back? I don't know. It just seems like an unending loop there. Anyway, um, anything we give up for Jesus will be more than repaid. There we go. Um, more than paid back. <laughs> um, not only in this age, but also, of course, in heaven. Verse 31. Welcome, everybody, those of you on the podcast. Welcome. So glad that you're here. We're in Luke chapter 18, <clears throat> winding down the last 10 or 15 verses of this chapter. Welcome. Those of you on Facebook, good morning. Jesus took the 12 aside and told them, we are going up to Jerusalem, the city of peace, and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be delivered over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, and spit on him. They will flog him and will kill him. On the third day, he will rise again. You know, we say that, um, we read this, but Jesus covers a lot of ground right there. That's a lot of detail. <clears throat> He'll be handed over, the Son of Man will be handed over to the Gentiles, which Gentiles are just not Jewish, right? Two groups of people, Jews and everybody else. <laughs> and everybody else are Gentiles. <laughs> um, and the Gentiles, they will mock him, they will insult him. They will spit on him, physically spit on him. They will flog him, which is a really excruciating way of being tortured, right? It rips, really, literally rips the, the flesh off of the body. That kind of digs in and pulls away. So they will flog him. And I think when we read that, we think, you know, just he's just rattling off a list of things, but um, that's a pretty specific thing Jesus says they're going to do to him. And that would have uh, brought a pretty vivid in image to mind. They will flog him and they will kill him. On the third day, he will rise again. Hmm. The disciples, verse 34, did not understand any of this. I love the Word of God. It's so honest. It's like the disciples were like, they were shaking their heads like, yeah, mm -hmm. they, didn't, they didn't know what the heck he was talking about. You know, you ever been there? Like, yeah, yeah, I don't know what that is. But everybody's shaking their head. Um, oh, which, by the way, tip, guys, tip, guys. I, I, this, uh, there's a, I'll have to get her name, but she's like the, um, she's a person who like um, specializes in uh, nonverbals. And so here's here's a little tip like for people like if you're wondering like so it's it's the the three nods right if if you're talking to someone 
and they're nodding slowly three times, and it tends to go in threes. One, two, three. If they're nodding slowly three times, that means they're listening and they're engaged and they want you to continue on, continue saying what you're saying. If they're nodding three times quickly, that means hurry up and be quiet. <laughs> it means they're tired of hearing you. So three slow nods means they're with you and they're listening to you and they want you to continue. If they give you three quick nods, that means speed it up, move on. They're tired, they're tired of hearing you. So slow, three slow nods, you're, you're still with them. They're good. Three quick nods, move it on. So right now you're going, got it, Terry. Got it. <laughs> you never know what your little tidbit of wisdom you're going to pick up on the podcast, man. You see, that's why you can't miss one. That's why you can't miss one. Because you might miss this this nugget, this this nugget of wisdom and uh, just life life hacks right here. Yeah. So slow nods are good. Quick nods mean move on, keep moving on. So if you're talking to someone and they're doing this the whole time, they really tired of hearing you. <laughs> they're really tired. They're really tired. Well, thanks, Nona. I'm glad there's some slow nods out there. Oh, okay. Interesting. Gotcha. If it's like, yeah, yeah, move on. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, if it's just a half a nod, like the head just falls down, yeah, that means they're sleeping. <laughs> um, anyway, I don't know what that was about. Oh, because the disciples, they didn't know what he was talking about. So they were like, they, their heads were moving slowly. But their brains were like, I got their their head really was probably doing this. I don't or left to right, like, no, I don't know what you're saying. Verse 35. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. Uh from the previous gospel we know that we read, we know that it was uh Bartimaeus. As Jesus approached, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Hey you, he passing by you too. Child of God, he's passing by. Do not, what's that, what's that old hymn, Gentle Saviors, Do Not Pass Me By? It's kind of a, a response time, uh, response hymn, like Gentle Savior. Do not pass me by. I don't know the rest of it. But it's basically about, like, save me. <laughs> but anyway, they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Hmm. It parallels what the sinner said at the beginning of the chapter, right? The sinner who stood before Jesus. He also said, Lord, I'm a sinner. Have mercy on me. And here he's saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him. Man, people always rebuking people. They, they got to they gotta eventually learn the lesson here, don't they? You got people rebuking children for coming to Jesus. Now you got people rebuking a blind man for coming to Jesus. Jesus is steadily trying to show them Look, my kingdom is not like the kingdom of this world. The way I interact and the way I engage with people is not like religion and the religious leaders you've ever seen. So let the children come to me 
let the blind, let the lame, let the sinners come to me. I'm, I'm a different deal here. Yeah. So they were trying to rebuke the blind man. So be quiet. I love Bartimaeus here. I love, I love the blind man here. He just, he's like, uh-uh, mm-mm, you ain't gonna squelch me, not this my moment. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more. He's like, you ain't gonna outshout me. You ain't gonna shout me down. Mm-mm. You ain't gonna shout me down. I'm gonna keep on shouting. Because Jesus, I've been waiting my whole life for this. I've heard, I've heard some of the miracles this man has done. I've saw, I've, I've heard some of the deliverance that has come through his hands, and he's passing by me. Uh-uh, we ain't letting this moment go. You can shush me all you want. You can quiet me down. You can wave your little hands all you want. Put your finger over your mouth all you want. Not me. Mm-mm. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Yes, sir. I love it. Jesus, stop. Mm. You know, Jesus changed the world at three miles an hour. You know, we always run and we always in a hurry. Jesus changed the world at three miles an hour. He's just walking. He's just walking. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I thought I heard. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stops and ordered the man to be brought to him. And when he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Friends, what do you want Jesus to do for you? Hmm. What does he want you to, what do you want Jesus to do for you? Where you're at right now. You know, Jesus is Jesus is in a sense walking by. He is present by his Holy Spirit right now. He's with you in your house. He's with you in the car, he's with you at the office, wherever you are. He's with you on your jog or on your bike. Wherever you are right now, he's with you. He's right there with you. If you're in the car by yourself, he's in, he's right there. And if he were physically there, as he is spiritually there, he would ask you, what do you want me to do for you? What, what is your deepest need? What are you longing for? And the man said, Lord, I want to see. That's honest. <laughs> I mean, that's honest. Lord, I want to see. I want to see. I want to, I want to be like everyone else. I want to be included. I want to, I want to see the sunsets that everyone talks about. I want to see the birds that I hear in the trees. I want to see them. I want to see my mom and my dad. I want to see my uh, siblings. I want to see my friends and neighbors. I want to see my pastor. I want to see the person at the corner store that takes my order. I want to see. I want to. I, I want to be a part of all that's happening. And I want to miss it. I want to see. And Jesus said to him, "Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you." And immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. And when all the people saw it, they also praised God. Hmm. 
Oh, man. Oh, man. What do you want from Jesus? Just tell him. Just tell him. Lord, this is what I want. This is what I want. And uh, a good prayer is, God, if, if that's something I should not want, show me. But he asks you, what do you want? So share it. <laughs> and, and, you know, if it, God, if you need to change my desire, if you need to change my, my want, then change it. But this is honestly what I want. And God will honor that. I've had that prayer with the Lord many, many times. <laughs> Lord, this is what I want. This is what I want. God, I feel like it's an honest and a and a and a faithful prayer. But I'm gonna lay it, I'm gonna lay my want before you. I'm gonna tell you straight up, Lord, that because you invite me to to tell you what I want. This is what I want, God. I want this healing. I want this deliverance. I want this person to be saved. I want this thing to come through. I want this, I, this is what I want. I want to know you better. I want to be more faithful to you. I want to be more aware of your presence. This is what I want. That's what I want. Now, God, if that want is unpleasing to you, if that want needs adjustment, if that want needs modification, if that want needs to be transformed, I lay that before you too, Lord, because I know that my wants are not always what you want or what I need. But here it is. And God will... Man, God will minister to your heart in amazing ways through that little dialogue. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's beautiful. God is good. Thank you guys so much for being on today. Hey, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. God, we bring our wants to you today. We lay them before you. It's what we want. But more than what that is, we want you. And so uh, move in our hearts, move in our minds, move in our spirits. Pray for my friends today. May you bless them, encourage them, and strengthen them. Bless them this weekend. Keep them safe. Keep them close to you. Keep them aware of your goodness and grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you today. Hope you have a fantastic day. Love you guys. We will be back at it on Monday with a uh, with Matthew chapter 21. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.